Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football hall of famer, and current resident of one of the more beautiful parts of the United States of America. It is Tony Casillas, TC. What up? You're right. Hey, I'm doing great this morning. And then there's, uh, you know, I hate to rub it into all my, all my peace back in, uh, back in Texas, where it's probably going to be in the 90s today, but I'm actually. Staying in uh, Colorado where the temperature is uh, a nice, cozy, cool 55 degrees. So uh, I'm, it's always one of those things when you, you travel to Colorado and, and you're, you, you live in a place where it's really hot during the summer. It really kind of decompresses you, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a very nice uh, holiday weekend. And, uh, damn, I'm be, it's going to suck to go back. <laughs> uh, just so everybody knows, Tony is wearing a long sleeve with a hood uh just just to put in perspective how not hot it is where where he currently is so i mean just you know glad you're living in you know living some optimum conditions tony i mean yeah that's that's what's important uh, i saw well, you great. play it's great to have friends that have places where you can travel sure. and people have uh, hosted this uh, this week uh, it's just been a tremendous time and uh, yeah you know and then when you look at the uh you know the eagle river and what's the the, the, the water uh, anyone that knows anything about the streams and the river is actually behind me uh, is actually all from uh, snow melt. So uh, it's just kind of spectacular when you all think about the old majesty. But anyway, it's a uh, it's been a nice holiday to, to be able to spend, uh, as I mentioned, in this, these really cool temperatures. That's awesome. So um, a quick little disclaimer for everyone. Uh, we had some AirPods issues, so that's why Tony's uh, audio sounds different. Uh, he's he's literally, if you've ever watched the show Yellowstone, it looks like Tony is just like shooting against the backdrop of Yellowstone outside. Uh, so uh, that's why um, the audio sounds different. But we're powering through in the interest of fun. Uh, and today's episode is all about fun, all about kind of just, you know, fun in general, I suppose. Uh, if I'm being honest, I actually ripped this idea off from Niners Nation, SB Nation's San Francisco 49ers blog, uh, which is kind of appropriate because, uh, well, we're talking today, Tony, about how people became Dallas Cowboys fans. And a lot of people became Dallas Cowboys fans because of what you and your teammates did against the 49ers in the 90s. Uh, but we have a number of different answers. We tweeted about this uh, on the blog and the boys Twitter account. Uh, so I have some responses we're going to get into. Obviously, Obviously, uh, you're a fan of the Cowboys now, Tony. You want to see them succeed. Uh, but your path to, to this fandom is a little bit different in that you obviously played for the team, won world championships, et cetera. When was the first time, I guess, you felt like, you know, like you rooted for them? You know, when was the first time that, you know, when you weren't playing where you were emotionally invested in the result? I, I think when I – I guess when I was playing in Atlanta and we were just it was such a dismal 
experience for me. Uh, I was uh, I remember watching the Cowboys and you know the Cowboys weren't weren't that good in '89 and right you know, until '91, which uh, which they actually had a chance to go to the playoffs. And so I guess it was more of a far. I always had uh, you know growing up in that part of the country and regionally watching the games. I don't know if I was overly this uh, huge Dallas Cowboy fanatic. Mm-hmm. Um, remember watching the, the, the games every Sunday. Um, so I think that, that my connection really just uh, started to resonate whenever I was traded to Dallas. And then it became more of the, uh, you know, my job, but more just the appreciation I had for a team that had history. And I think that's the thing in some when people look at different franchises, certainly I think uh, throughout the, the NFL and the league is that, you know, people are going to gravitate to pe- the teams that have a, a fan base following, that have a brand. And I think I really kind of realized that, RJ's when I was traded to Dallas and realized how huge the Cowboys. And as I mentioned, you know, they weren't the, they weren't lighting, lighting it up and, 89, 90, and not until 91 until uh, went to the playoffs. But um, I think it was just excitement, just the people that really just grasped a hold of that that fan fandom and that nation, fan nation. And, you know, it just kind of really just kind of is, is an extension of energy to the player. And um, coming from a dismal team, when I was in Atlanta, we were horrible, didn't have that connection. So – I think that's when it really started resonating when I was traded to Dallas. And I realized, you know, this is pretty exciting. This is something, you know, people, although the people weren't, you know, the team wasn't that good during that t- particular time. Um, you know, people still had knew the history of it mm-hmm. and got it. It was this brand, you know, America's team and uh, just people that really, really, I think the best way, and I think it's uh, the best way to, to describe it, there's a lot of non-football fans that follow the Cowboys, per se, because they don't follow football, so to speak. Um, they're not your typical, they're, they're really just kind of hardcore fans. Um, there's a lot of fans throughout the country that really just gravitate towards the Cowboys because of the brand and the star and who they are. Yeah, I think that you really nailed um, like the ambiance of the Cowboys on the head. Um, obviously, you know, you're well aware of it more than anybody. Um, and that makes sense. Like coming from Atlanta with like, not this great history, like Atlanta at that time, at least had had, you know, a couple of notable moments in the seventies, but nothing to really kind of hang their hat on, obviously nothing, you know, to what the Cowboys had. Um, and so it makes sense that you were, especially, I would imagine coming from Oklahoma, this place with all this tradition, all this success, you know, like or you're kind of, you know, kings of college football and then going to Atlanta, you know, it's got to be like this big culture shock of, wow, like there's no history here. Um, you know, it's it's a different vibe. And so it makes sense that getting getting to the, not the Oklahoma version, but getting to do a blue blood, so to speak, I guess, of the NFL, that had to kind of, you know, make you feel like you were kind of back in your normal waters, so to speak. Well, that's a problem with it. I think that that's the, you know, be careful what you ask for when you're a high draft pick. Um you know, the chances are you're going to go to a not so well, not a, not a good football team that's struggling. It's uh, it's rebuilding and who knows how far away they are as far as building a winning program. So, hell, when I was in Oklahoma, I didn't know what losing was. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost, 
you know, we were four and 12, four and 12, four and 12. And we, you know, we lost more games than, than I ever dreamt of when I was at Oklahoma. I mean, that was, we bet we were 12 and four, so to speak. But um, yeah, and I think that's the connection. And I think also when I see fans, I, you know, on Twitter that follow the team, um, there's got to be this certain amount of expectation. And that's what, you know, that's what uh, every team has. And, and the perception too, is I think it's interesting with Dallas is that the perception expectation in our market, when I say ours, you know, the week blogging the boys and we cover the Cowboys and, and maybe throughout the country, but the perception is a little different from other teams nationally or other, you know, the, I guess the football society has made the expectations not as high as because the Cowboys haven't done as well over the years, but you know, that's the thing. It's a shocker. It's a culture shocker. When you go to a team, that's not, that has a stigma where they're struggling all the time and it becomes this really, uh, it's kind of this toxic feeling um, because there's really not any, the reality expectation really will not ever be able to reach what their goal is like most teams. And that's going to the playoffs and ultimately trying to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, sure. I mean, totally. Um, it's, it is interesting how people become fans and you're right. Like you talked about, um, it's hard to call it the local market. It is, the, it is the local market, but because the Cowboys are this team that is followed by so many people worldwide, yes. it, it's, it's a worldwide market that obviously has a lot of information and, you know, intricacies that pertain to the DFW area in a geographical sense. But um, to that point, you know, when I tweeted this out from the blog on the boys account, um, you know, and I asked, you know, when and how did you become a Cowboys fan? It's just what I asked people. Um, and so a lot of them, you know, have some really interesting paths to fandom. Uh, we've got one response here from Rabble Rouser. It says, 1975 NFC Championship game. Roger Staubach led them to a dominant win over the Rams. I never seen, I've never seen anything so glorious. I was hooked. Uh, Big Game James says, birth since 72. My pops was watching a Cowboys game while my mom was giving birth at the hospital. LOL. Uh, we got a photo from Rika moves the chains um, says my grandpa loved them. And I loved what he loved. I can't remember a time when I didn't love them. And then uh, there's a photo from Christmas, 1978 uh, with a, a child wearing a, a little Cowboys t-shirt. And so like, it's amazing how a certain moment or a certain game um, can kind of hook people and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, just kind of emotional attachment to things. And so I was kind of curious, like your experiences with fans, I don't want to say out in the wild, uh, but like you've, you've met a lot of Cowboys fans all over the world, certainly during your playing career and afterwards. And so, I mean, I have to imagine those experiences are really powerful for people. Um, you know, when you sign an autograph, when you take a picture, when you hold up the Super Bowl ring, things like that. So what's the what's the craziest thing you've ever autographed? That's kind of what I, I'm, I'm curious about. Like what's when you when you saw it, you were like, man, this dude, this this person is a fan. Like, I can't believe they have this thing. Well, I, I have to think every professional athlete always has that shocking moment and it's really uncomfortable, but. Uh, I think it's the proverbial woman asking you to sign her breasts. And that's really kind of uneasy. <laughs> sure. I, I was thinking it was going to be like a massive bobblehead or something. So you're, you're totally different direction than I was anticipating. Uh, but that, that's kind of the, I, I would say that's kind of normal. People expect that. I think actually someone brought a tire. Um, 
a one tire? Time. Like a like uh, from a vehicle? Like a NASCAR, like a Firestone. Like I don't know if it was part of a, <laughs> a NASCAR memorabilia or whatever it may have been. And he brought this tire. And I'm like, dude, what are you going to do with that? He says, well, I don't know. I was like, I just, it's something, it's different. I'm like, yeah. So I'm sitting there signing this tire. And I just, uh, I just kind of shook my head. I said, okay. I said, you, you get the award for the biggest fan. Um, I'm trying to think. I think someone brought one. There's a little mini fr- refrigerators that you put, you know, mini refrigerators that you can put in like a, if you're, like a bar or something, yeah, like a home bar, home garage bar type thing, yeah. It decorated all blue and silver, and it says, "Hey, let's sign this." Because when I open it up, it's eat all drink. I drink all my Coronas or you know Miller Lights or whatever. Um, you know, I think the best thing that I really think is pretty cool that I've signed is the old seats from the Texas Stadium. That's awesome. People and, and buy those, and uh, there's a lot of my former teammates on, so they all bring the the you know, the back of the seat that they, uh, that they said that that was part of the, uh, the old Texas stadium. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the, the, the greatness of fans is that the creativity of what they have in their man cave. And it's like, it's always something like, you know, it's a picture of the, you know, they're collecting things, putting their man cave, cowboy man cave. And, uh, but those are the most unusual things that I've had to sign. Uh, was a was a Firestone tire. Uh, that was I was just like, okay, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, or the Nacho Libre, the mask. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with those, right? right? The wrestlers. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had to sign a couple. Of those. Um, but man, there's the list is uh, it's pretty endless when it comes to what fan have you signed. Uh, I think the best thing, uh, the best jokes that everyone has ever told me was uh, a 10 year old kid. And I think I've told you this before. This yeah. is how this goes uh, hand in hand with how long have the Cowboys have been out of the Super Bowl talks and NFC championship. Uh, I'm in line and I'm signing, I think it was in a card show. And, and it comes up. Once in a while, you get. And I'm not saying that my kids, you know what I'm saying? They, had, they just a little, uh, you know, the kids get away with things that they can say. So he said, Hey, Mr. Casillas. Uh, I said, yeah. I said, what's up, buddy? And he goes, um, you know what you call a Dallas Cowboy with the Super Bowl ring? Now, granted, this was probably a couple of years ago, but still, nevertheless, I said, no, son. I said, what, what, what do you call it? And he goes old. And I'm like, uh, you're right. <laughs> so he's making reference to it's been 25 years, and every time you ever see a super uh, a cowboy with a ring, he's got to be old. But right, uh, but ours just you know that's the thing that's great about it. Like when when people, uh, you never know what they they're going to have uh, when they ask you for you know to sign. And the thing about these signings too is that depends on who it is, but they pay so much to have something signed. So they want to have something that's really symbolic that means a lot to them that they want to have as part of history. Uh, And so I think that's the the, the unique thing also. So it represents totally something different to them than it would for you or me. And it's like, okay, that's cool. You pay for it. I'll sign it.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, I think like there's so much and I, I know you're aware of this, but like there's so much that goes into that moment when you're younger or older even uh, and you get that autograph because it, it like it cements that memory forever. And obviously people hold on to these things and, and you get some some more, you know, distinguished things like the seat backs from Texas Stadium is really cool. Um, the tire is really cool. And so is the mini fridge. But see, like I guarantee you the the person who got the mini fridge signed by you and whoever else or whatever every time people are over there they tell that story you know what i mean and they tell this story about like waiting in line and what they did after they remember like where they went to eat or whatever and like that's what's cool i love you know i've i've been fortunate i've i've gotten some things signed over you know when, certainly when i was younger um and like th- there's there's the, there's such a great moment like it's fun when you go to signings and the, the things you're talking about you doing but it's it's a little bit different when you go to like training camp or somewhere and you're you're hoping you know like you're up against the fence and you're hoping that you're the one who gets picked or something like that and then you do like there's there's such a magic moment to that um and you remember that and i remember going to those things with my dad and you know those are memories that like he and i have created and and you know they they bonded us and um those are really powerful things um and i love when people get unique things signs like that's why like i love the tire story as as crazy as that is um one of my favorite things that i've gotten signed uh in 2006 uh my dad and i went and saw the they lost but we saw the cowboys play the eagles on christmas day uh and we had an autograph signing that we went to where we got jason witten's autograph that was really cool and he was really young at the time obviously um and we went back the next year um and and we did another you know situation another signing and we knew we were going to get jason witten's signature uh, so we took the picture that we took with him the year before. So it was literally a picture of me, my dad and Jason Witten. And we had Witten sign that. And like, to me, that's so cool. Cause like he, like when, when you signed that tire, I would assume you had never signed a tire before in your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so like, but when we gave Witten that photo, like I, you know, there, there's no, there's no, like, I'm not trying to poo poo getting jerseys or anything signed, but like you've signed a, th- a million jerseys, Witten signed a million, you signed a million footballs, a million photos. But like in that day, Witten had never signed that photo before. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that is cool to me. Yeah. And I think, I think players remember that too. I think as, as many people as you meet, you know, certainly, you know, Jason through his career and then continued, uh, you know, today is that you remember those type of things. And I think that, that's kind of unique and just like you and I, you're asking me that question and that's what I remember. Right. Um, you know, to the point about most interesting, excuse me, interesting things to sign. Um, there's, there's fanat, there's these, this cowboy fanatics where they, they have custom cars and painted like in Dallas right. cowboy. Cars. And the guy actually asked me to sign his, his, uh, one of his doors is this truck. And had all these different names, and and that's and, and it was a fantastic, it was a customized paint job. And I'm not talking like, I mean, it's just, it was just badass. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, it really was. And I'm thinking, and he's taking, you know, you're taking the sharpie and you're right, you're signing it, 
and I guess he has it kind of laminated. I don't know how he you know, makes it permanent within his on his car, but I'm just signing a car door, and I'm thinking that takes a huge fan to to spend the money right. and the time effort on something like this. But they, that you know that that brings them pleasure, sure. and I think that's the about the connection. And I never really have taken it for granted being able to be uh, give time to fans that you know want me to sign something. I think it's flattering. You know, I never thought I had to. It was like, oh man, you know, I'm going out of my way. No, I don't want to. Do that. No, I would never do that. And guys that do that, I don't have much respect for them because, look, it's very flattering that people even want to ask for your autograph. That that would go out and spend something on memorabilia and those type of things. Um, so I, I, I just think I think it's so unique and it's cool. No, I agree. Um, and and. That's why fandom is so cool because it it has such unique details. Some people are, you know, really rabid fans. Some people are more mild fans. Um, I also wanted to address these types of fans or, or rather people that became fans in this way. Um, like I said, we got a lot of responses. And so a lot of people responded. Um, I saw the Cowboys win this game. I saw this one drive. I saw this moment. I saw this great play, whatever. And I was hooked, right? Like these really positive things. Uh, we also got a lot of responses like this. This one is from Jerry Molner. Uh, says born in 64 dad uh, New York Giants fan um, uh, he said um, who um, oh, sorry this is not the one I was thinking of uh, there is a, uh, a different one here uh, that says uh, let's see I'm finding this is I'm I'm slipping right now this is my bad but um, somebody says I was six years old my parents finally got me to sit down um, goodness I'm looking for the person that I was uh, here we go here we go here we go um, let's see Scott Nor, oh, here we go. This is the one. This is from Tony Bro Mo, also another Tony. Uh, says Scott Norwood, wide right. So this has nothing to do with the Cowboys, but uh, Scott Norwood, wide right. Uncles were all Giants fans. We were watching the game and I was eight years old. I couldn't stand the Giants and asked my uncle after the game, who do you hate the most? He said the Dallas Cowboys. And I said, well, then that's my team. And a lot of people had answers like that, right? Like they said, like my dad was a Packers fan or uh, my mom was a Steelers fan. And, you know, I just wanted to be different. Like, cause, cause you said kids can say like anything, right? Like that, that's true. Like kids can get away with any, anything they want. And a lot of times kids, they just want to be different and they just want to, you know, do something different or feel different depending, you know, how they are, or whatever. And so a lot of times kids end up saying, you know what, mom, dad, like, I don't want to root for your team. I want to root for the team that your team hates. So like, I'm a Cowboys fan like that. That's how a lot of people literally become fans. That's crazy. Those kids, uh, their parents are failing them. <laughs> that's just bad parenting. I, I, I always said it's, it's, it's so interesting whenever you go like, like uh, they'll have a, a bunch of fans from New York, you know, from New York coming to a Cowboys home game. And I'm thinking, how did you get away with that? And it's the same thing. They used to watch the Cowboys play. Like, as I mentioned, I mean, the Cowboys are always on TV and it's always when in your pseudo fan, when you're watching something, you're like, man, I like those uniforms. Mm-hmm. I like Cowboys. And so that's my team. It may, it doesn't have to be this right or wrong reason. Right. It's just a fact, but the, the, the whole thing about the kid, you know, the the kid that's roots for the other team in the family, I mean, it happens. <laughs> I mean, I, I hear those stories all the time. I think it's interesting. I've just said, yeah, I think your parents failed you as a parent. <laughs> so I, I've heard stories like that before, too. I never heard a story like this one. 
this one comes this so tony uh you talked about your daughter how she's actually gonna be an intern for the cowboys coming up yeah. later this the month that's very exciting someday tony uh some fine young man is gonna come to you and tell you how much he loves your daughter and ask for her hand in marriage and ask for your blessing and and you're gonna grill him and you're gonna make sure he's the right young man for her and, and that's gonna be a great day for the casillas family uh this kind of happened to this person uh this is chad kirby who says, in order to receive my father-in-law's blessing to marry his daughter, I had to forsake other football teams and become a fan. It started as a joke, but I became best friends with my father-in-law. Uh, and he, he shared that uh, he, he passed away a few years ago, and it still hurts to watch the Cowboys without him. But, like, that's how fandom happens, right? Like, in this case, it was kind of a joke. Like, haha, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll root for the Cowboys if I can marry your daughter or whatever. And then they became, you know, so close, this person and their father-in-law. And, you know, and, and they shared that. And so I, I, can, I can totally get that, you know, this person saying it still hurts to watch without because it becomes – more than just a football game it's an experience sharing it with those people around you those people you love the most well it's like you you talk about you and your father you guys you guys pick a game that uh obviously you couldn't last year because of the pandemic but you guys do a destination game to go to a different away venue game right. a different experience which is great because that's an experience you always remember you always have with your father to go to a game and spend that quality time and and i think it's just great bonding i think that when you're you know, you're around, you know, Thanksgiving or whatever the occasion may be. And, uh, you have all those different moments of watching the football game. But there's always got to be that person. Right. So I have that person in the room that, you know, when Cow the Cowboys are playing the Steelers as that Steelers fan, you know. Right. Uh, but uh, but I think that's, a, that's the, the connection that you have. I mean, sports brings us together. I mean, we're recording here on uh, – Today's Wednesday, right? Or Tuesday. It, okay. Time stands still where you are, just based on the environment, yeah, well, but it's Tuesday. Well, it's like the game last night in the Stanley Cup. The, uh, oh, sure. Know, in, in, in the uh, – the, I mean, it's just a tremendous game. And, and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the Canada, they were on lockdown, but they allowed their fans to be part of it. And you just felt like that. I mean, you need that. Uh, yeah. But back relationship um, with – you know, with your, whoever, your family members and just your, your friends, man, um, been able to, you know, cheer for a team, but you know, it, there has to be that dude, like I said, that has to cheer for the opposite team to bring out that, I don't know, that, that constructive, good kind of, uh, bantering and hatred toward each other, which is just, it's, uh, you know, short lived, but you know, that's what brings, that's, I guess, what sports brings into us. And then the, the experience of being able to do it with, uh, you know, people that, you know, that care the most to you. I agree. Um, the, um, the last kind of sector of fans I wanted to address before we got out of here, because uh, we got a lot of responses like this, too. Uh, actually, I think this might have been the most popular response. Um, obviously, lots of Cowboys fans um, are fans oh. because in the 90s, when you guys were kicking ass, you were you were on all the time. You were the show, and I think what's really interesting too, um, I think about this a lot actually. And it, like, because I grew up in the '90s, anything you watched, any movie, any cartoon, any whatever, the team that the the team in the story was always trying to beat was Dallas, was the Cowboys, right? right? Like it, like Jerry Maguire or 
um, any given Sunday, right? Like the, the, the like awesome team that the underdog team was trying to beat was the Cowboys. Like, you know, you guys, you know, I've said before, I think the fact that, you know, you guys had the success you did in a time uh, of such economic boom for the United States is a really, you know, really important detail. It's it kind of launching the team uh, under Jerry Jones's ownership into like a whole different stratosphere. Uh, but that same phenomenon kind of occurred in the 70s uh, in the sense that, you know, a lot of people, you know, th there weren't there wasn't, you know, NFL red zone. There wasn't, you know, all these options. You didn't you couldn't track every game on your phone. If you wanted to watch football, there was one game, maybe two games on and the Cowboys played more often than anybody else. And so you just kind of became a Cowboys fan. Like, that's what a lot of people said. Like, I grew up and the only team on TV was the Cowboys. Like people somebody said I grew up in, in the Caribbean. Somebody said I grew up in Israel. Somebody said I, I grew up in New York, whatever. I mean, like all these places where they get one feed and it's the Cowboys. And so that's your team. Well, and, and just go back. You, you brought the 70s thing about Tex Schramm and the brilliance of him about every Thanksgiving, the Cowboys play on TV. Yep. And so that's what people watch. And there wasn't social media. There wasn't, uh, you know, obviously the way you could, uh, you know, mon where you could really just extend your brand through different outlets. I mean, there was TV and the Cowboys were shown were the most watched team then. And then, and then you, and then you throw in, and this is kind of off, I would say maybe a little off track, but still created a lot of buzz for, for Dallas was when they, in the eighties, when they, when Dallas the show who shot RJ. Right. Great know, point. Or JR, sorry. Um, yeah, so don't shoot RJ. Jeez, Tony, chill out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> JR, RJ, whatever. <laughs> I got the letters right. So it was an extension in the 80s or whatever it was. I and mean, here's Dallas, a city mm -hmm. that's like most watched ever in the 80s. And then you add it to the, you know, the fact of the cow. I think it's just a, just people seeing that, seeing the brand, seeing the name, and then really just, again, people that watched it because, look, there was nothing else to watch. And if I'm going to watch a team, that's going to be my team. And so I think that that's how they really also built their fan base. And, and again, the whole deal with the, how, you know, Tex Tram where the Cowboys were, you know, shown every Thursday, I mean, excuse me, every Thursday on Thanksgiving, um, that's what you, it's who you watch. You watch the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving day. It was just kind of this ritual thing you did and you mentioned family, but that's, that's what you did because it was just every year. That's the way it was. That's such a great point, Tony, about the TV show Dallas. Like, cause, cause it just, it, it added, no, sir, I mean, like it, but it, it added to the, the mystique, like, or, or the aura or whatever. Like, I mean, that's a yeah. really great point. Um, my last question for you on this, um, and then I'll let you get back to enjoying the beautiful environment that you're in that nobody's jealous what? of. Now, RJ, hurry, hurry up. Um, no, the fire. Um, <laughs> who's your favorite Dallas Cowboy of all time? And you can't say yourself. That's the one rule for you. Because it's a unique question for you. Man, that's a my favorite. And it's probably like everyone else's, uh, is Roger. Um, you know, I, I think that he represents so many great things and what it's I mean, he's a, was a tremendous football player. Um, you know, he's a military guy. Um, all the guys that I talk to that play like Drew Pearson in that era has so much respect for Roger. And I mean, I would be, I mean, I, I would be really biased if I, if I pick some of the guys that, um, that I play with. I mean, there's so many great, that Mount Rushmore, those players, but I just think him, and, and then I think about Bob Lilly. I think that 
because he represents also a lot of great things. But I think Roger, I think most people would say he's the all-time just because of what he met and the guy, what he did after his football career was over. He built this empire, real estate empire. Uh, you guys weren't making millions of dollars back then. And to this day, he's just that, you know, I think a lot of people, when they think of the Dallas Cowboys, what this depends on obviously what generation you're in. Right. Uh, I think all time. Now, if I was to look at it the more contemporary, um, you know, I, I'd had to go with Troy because Troy to me uh, had the same qualities of, of, of uh, that Roger had. And he was such a great leader. Uh, and I think, every, and, and I think for me, for a player, it's, yeah, it's a coach, um, but it's more related to the power and the command that your leader has, and that's a quarterback. And and I, I honestly think without Troy Aikman, we would have never won those Super Bowls. But you could say that about a lot of other great players. Um, but it, that's where it definitely started. But I think Roger, man, and I told you, I got my I got my autograph, Roger Stall. That's right. One in the frame. So, you know, I, I he's my guy. I mean, he would be my guy that. If uh, if my daughter said, "Hey, look, this is," if I showed her a handbook about you know, people that you need to look at as far as being your husband, this is a guy that has the qualities, and uh, and uh, he was just a tremendous player, man. Watch, and you go back and watch those highlights of him playing. I mean, it's ridiculous yeah. what he did to the Dodger. I mean, you just go back and YouTube Roger Staubach balling. I mean, the dude was a player, man. No, I agree. Uh, I think I ask you what you're all time. I mean, obviously uh, it, it's probably different than mine, but. So uh, I will, I will say um, I've been very fortunate to interview some, some all time Cowboys and certainly fortunate that you and I do this show every week. It is a little bit of a different experience interviewing Roger Staubach. I've been fortunate to interview him twice. Um, and it is, it is different because he's so, humble i mean he's so kind um and so he he, like he's 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 captain america like in every sense like he really does kind of walk and talk that way and he's he treats you like it's such a powerful thing you know he'll he'll say he says people's names that are interviewing him you know like that's such a small detail uh but it goes a long way and so i mean i certainly have a deep right i I have a deep appreciation and level of respect and admiration for roger staubach obviously you know growing up as a kid uh, loved you know y'all's teams and love love Troy love Emmett love Irv love love the trip everybody loved the triplets I mean they got a lot of attention as you know um, I mean so so those are really special memories um, I, I people don't believe this but I was you know I was graduating high school um, you know I graduated high school in 2008 and so it's a, at a really impressionable age for me was when Tony Romo took over as the team starting quarterback yeah. and so. In terms of athletes whose careers I've seen all of in in my like full cognizant life, right? Like, cause even even like Jordan, you know, I was a little too young to like fully appreciate everything that that he did. Uh, but Tony Romo is my all-time favorite athlete, just because like so many of my greatest memories and like great trips, and you know, we talked about like times with my dad, um, have came with Tony Romo doing something crazy or, or pulling something off. And so like I I will forever love Tony Romo in a very different way um than everybody else i i will say that now in this part of my life and certainly in my career there is not a lot of people like dak prescott and so he's really easy to root for 
Um, yeah. I, I don't want to liken him to Roger Staubach, but he does kind of, he's, he's got seemingly the off the field polish that Roger had. And it seems like the, within the locker room galvanization that Troy had, right? Like he, he seems to have their best qualities. And, and so, and, and when you factor in also the fact that he's such an advocate for such prominent things and, and he's this great upstanding citizen, um, I, my point is, I, I think the cow, I think that Dak is going to there's going to be people in 20, 30 years that that have these conversations and say, man, I became a Dallas Cowboys fan because of Dak Prescott. Um, yeah. and, and that's yeah. that's what he's doing for the team. It has to become more skin deep, you know, and I think I think that you don't have to necessarily be the, the, the greatest of all time when it comes to putting up numbers. And right. I think a lot of people, you ask that question and they give you a totally different answer, like Tony Romo and he. he he was a, a tremendous player, but he didn't he right. didn't do the things that the expectations were there. That that's okay, but you know he he connected with you, and I think that you know although I didn't see Roger play a whole lot. I mean I uh, I saw him when I was younger. I mean I, I it's it, maybe that'd be an easy answer to go to because but I I, I like the history of the game. I just like totally. to go back and look at what guys met and what they did doesn't necessarily mean that I had to watch them play every Sunday. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys you could sit there and, and, and just debate who's the greatest of all time. And I, I agree with Dak. Dak's got the same qualities as someone like Roger has. I mean, you see him everywhere. You see him at the you know College World Series. There's right. support. And he's just a deep person. And I think that's also the thing that people really uh, connect with. You know, people that are human, the human being aspect of it. And, you know, that's the thing about it. It's what people like. And, and if they can play, that just makes it even better. Well said. Uh, this was fun. I hope everybody, uh, we definitely want to hear how you became uh, Dallas Cowboys fans as well. Uh, you can tweet at Tony. He's on Twitter at TC Casillas. I'm on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Uh, these are always great stories. Uh, great time to kind of get set up uh, for training camp, Tony. Looking forward to it. Um, you hey, go. To you, but for my my AirPods not being, I'm just going to be full disclosure. Didn't plug them in, Dude. but you, you could hear the background of the the roaring river behind me. And I yeah. just wanted to give ambiance of what you get on the seven five zero, and it happens. So I know that you will make me sound much better <laughs> and edit it. It will sound just Christine. Uh, <laughs> Tony, enjoy. You know what? Just when we get off here. I want you to go whitewater rafting, go on a hike, uh, do, do something, ad- <laughs> do something <laughs> adventurous. Uh, but this was fun. I uh, appreciate it, Tony. Appreciate everybody. We will see you all next week. This was the seven five Oh.